Did you know that 88% of women-owned businesses generate less than 100K yearly? Oh, hello. That's me. If that's you too, listen up because Ellen Yin is here for us. Ellen is a first-generation Asian-American entrepreneur who bootstrapped a $300 client project into $1.5 million in revenue. And she is on a mission to change gender income discrepancies by making mentorship accessible to the masses through her show, Cubicle to CEO. I just listened to an episode on podcast growth tips, and it gave me a really important light bulb moment kind of perspective shift around reaching and supporting more people. It's a weekly show, and in each episode, Ellen brings you case study interviews with leading entrepreneurs and CEOs so that you can borrow a specific new revenue growth strategy from each guest that's already been successfully implemented in their own business. I am just gaga, not only for the personal stories, but the transparency. Ellen even shares her quarterly income reports, sharing exactly what her media company makes, what they spend, and how much they profit every 90 days. Want to use the best income growth strategies from top entrepreneurs and CEOs, including Ellen herself? You can binge listen to past income reports on Cubicle to CEO today, plus receive free access to your first 10K month masterclass and a bonus workbook by going to our special link at zen.ai slash girlbonerceo. That's zen.ai slash girlbonerceo. What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Today's episode is really more like an event. Two very special guests joined me in person, comedians Sean Polofsky and Vicki Barbalak. Before I share our time together, I wanted to give you a quick heads up about a couple things. In the first quarter or so, Sean talks about her attraction to certain folks. It wasn't about race, she said, but about things that are celebrated in the cultures that she's drawn to. To learn about a few stereotypes surrounding Latinx sexuality, listen to the episode featuring filmmaker Carolina Hoyos. Scroll back to January of this year in your feed or head straight to augustmclaughlin.com slash by-demi. Secondly, we did touch on a traumatic sexual experience that Vicky went through in the last 10 minutes or so. It's one that I think really highlights what can happen when we don't have helpful sex ed. Vicky looks back on the ordeal differently today. She's in a wonderful place with her sexuality. And of course, she had Sean and me laughing seconds later. I so appreciated Vicky and Sean's candor and openness and big hearts and the way they interacted with this giant sex toy you'll hear about shortly as we played a very fun and intimate game together. With that, I hope you enjoy Girl Boner's first installment of Sex Questions with Comedians. I'm so pleased to be sitting here with two incredible comedians, Sean Polofsky and Vicki Barbalak. At the age of 38, Vicki saw an ad for a stand-up comedy class. That class quickly helped her realize that making people laugh gave her more happiness than she had ever dreamed possible. She was discovered by Mitzi Shore, the owner of the world-famous Hollywood comedy store at a showcase. In 2018, she was a finalist and very worthy fan favorite on America's Got Talent. Sean started performing at age eight as one of the only 10 Jews in Oklahoma. By age 20, she was performing sketches and improv with Will Ferrell. She's now a paid regular at the world-famous Comedy Store. 
And Sean has opened for many fellow comedy greats, including Richard Lewis and Joan Rivers. She's especially proud to be an ally and frequent performer for the LGBTQIA community. You both also co-host an incredible podcast, and I can't wait to share that with folks, called Trailer Park Diaries. I am so happy to have you both here. Are you kidding? I mean, thank you for having us, August. It's like looking in a mirror. August is a model, by the way. If you guys have never seen what August physically looks like, she is just like the epitome of beauty inside and out. So I hope that I can just catch that from you. You are so <laughs> If you're handing sweet. that out, I'll take it. I <laughs> truly think you two are both stunning. I, uh, I mean that. Well, inside so out, nice. uh, and you have an way angel. better you lashes. Yeah. You can say that. What? Yeah. That's very kind of you. Do you know how long it takes yeah. us to get ready yeah. just to walk out our door and be presentable? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even brush my teeth today, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> because I knew there was no video <laughs> that bad. Wait, your breath shows up on video? Well, I, when, it's if that I bad. knew I was on, you're right. I like to get the last night's dinner off my teeth. <laughs> yeah. Which I, it's still some artichokes well, right last here. Last night's in the dinner right. is yeah. so welcome here. Thank <laughs> so you. thank you both well, We're so, so happy much. to be here. Yeah. I'm really fascinated by your friendship. Because you're like this power duo in comedy, your colleagues, you're also truly best friends. Do you remember, Vicky, your first impression when you met Sean? I was watching her on stage at the belly room, and there really wasn't that many women working back then. As at the comedy store. And we're at the comedy store upstairs in the belly room, and we both weren't paid regulars. And I was just so happy to be up in Hollywood, because it was so rare for me, because I live in Oceanside in the trailer. So I saw her on stage, and she was so funny. I was like, oh my God. And then uh, we got to go out to dinner after the show and, and talk. And I was just so happy. I was madly in love with her the first time I met her. I feel the same way that night. I saw Vicky on stage and she was just fire. Her comedy, her point of view, and just her character of who she was and really who she is. Everything is real about Vicky's. Like what you see is what you get. And it's an incredible package. And I, 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 I was blown away by her. The one thing, though, I would have to say negatively about her is at, <laughs> at, at, at the dinner, Bobby, the girl you know, around the show, she was supposed to buy us dinner, but she didn't show up. We were waiting for her as so we're sitting there together. And so I looked at how little she is, Shanika. And, and I, I said, Shanika, like you're little. so little. I could put her in my purse. And I said, I said, let's split dinner. Would you like to split dinner? And it was like 11 o'clock at night. You know, like a, and she just reached over and goes, no! Like, no! I was like, okay. And then, of course, I watched her. She's like a quarter of the dinner. And I'm like, God. So then for years, I would never ask, but no. I would just order like a side dish of like Yeah, a, a she cracker. knows better now. And then for years, I would just wait for her to give me her food. But then after a few years, she stopped. And she insisted I order my own entree. So you're very protective of food or you don't like sharing? Uh, I, I share, I share. I think at that moment, I just was hungry. I mean, most times I don't eat before a show just because things can go wrong. So I have had some bad experiences. So I'm like, oh, I'll eat after the show. And, <laughs> and by then, after the show, I'm ravenous. My husband will attest to that too. It's like, I've been on an island. Like I've been on Survivor for five days. I'm just <laughs> ravenous still. At that moment, yeah, I was ravenous. And I probably shouldn't have... <laughs> And told her I'd split with her. And credit to you, all those years that I didn't order food when we were together after that evening. I mean, it was horrible. It's like looking at some dog waiting for you to throw something. <laughs> so for years and years, I was like the little dog going, and I get it why she threw me off and made me order my own food. And then finally, she just- Shana, She always said, Shanika, do you want to split? And then I'm like, no, I, I don't mind sharing. But if I'm that hungry, I'll be like, let's just get two plates and share off those. But you're good at standing up for your needs. That's yeah. good. Yeah. For sure. And oh, I, yeah. You know, Again, my husband can attest to I'm good for standing up. <laughs> no, take the trash out. <laughs> Drive me to Neiman's. Yeah, I'm good at that. Uh, Sean, what do you remember learning about sex growing up? Well, I probably was about in third or fourth grade. I remember my mom sitting me down on the bed and reading this book about sex to me and how it was about something like the birds and the bees, I think is what it was called. And it was this old fashioned book that she read to me. I think my dad popped his head into as well of like, okay, how's this going? So that was really my first memory of learning about sex. And then when I attended summer Jew camp in Rocky Mount, Missouri, if you think there are no Jews in Oklahoma, just go to Rocky Mount, Missouri and Lake of the Ozarks. There's definitely, there's not a lot of Jewish people there, but for some reason there was this overnight 
Jewish camp there that my parents would send me to. And I loved going there. And that's really where I started to learn about sex because we'd play spin the bottle and we'd have the boys raid our cabins. And even though I was prudish at the time, that's how I learned from my fellow uh, cabin mates what to do. Ah, took it into your own hands. Kids yeah. do that. They're yeah. going to if they don't get any yeah. answers. What about you, Vicky? What do you remember learning? I think I was like two or three when my mother started telling me that boys just wanted to have sex to make me pregnant and to stay away from them. And I, I mean, I literally was just on solid food when she started convincing me of this. So, I mean, she was relentless. I was told from a tiny child, barely able to walk, that boys only wanted to use you and sex was completely miserable for a woman. So she must have been very unhappy. Uh, and she also didn't know she birthed a Scorpio woman. So, uh, <laughs> well, cause you, seem, you, you both seem sex positive. You're very open about sex topics. You have a penis themed cocktail on your podcast. Yeah. I thought you were just going to end with you have a penis and it was going to be like, you well, might. Did you I, I do. My business. <laughs> if I did though, if I did yeah. have a penis, it would be so big. I'd be like, excuse me, excuse me. Don't mind my penis. Like I would drag it behind me. You Please. would have penis Could extensions you, like yes. your hair extensions. Right. You, Can you, you step yeah, over my exactly. penis? Watch my penis. Yeah. There'd be space for right. it. You'd because have to have a separate car for a side for car my for your penis. Yeah, Seems for like sure. Really thought about this is this like a past life thing like you... i don't know i think about it just because i guess because i hang around a lot of gay men and so we do discuss penis quite a bit and i'm all about it and i've been a size queen for a long time so i always think the bigger the better you know it's good to know what you like right yeah even yeah. though it's not the size of the boat it's the motion of the ocean true could be that too. Which is one reason that toys are also really helpful. Yes. I actually brought one to use during our oh, game yes. today. And we're not going to like use it okay, during the game today. I just got a little, she's like, and I'm going to use it. I'm like, right here now. <laughs> we're going to use it like a pointer stick, which sounds awesome. like a euphemism, which maybe, you know what? Let's use that as this. a euphemism. Oh, this looks very familiar Whoa. to me. Have you the seen this? The wand. The la wand. Yeah. It looks yeah. like a microphone. So it's it like, does. is That's this thing on? <laughs> I know. Now that is battery operated. It is battery operated. So I've never found a but battery operated. Thing that's also, it powerful enough. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can find them with batteries or plug-in right. chargers. Yeah. But they're really great. They have a. It has a silicone head, so it's really body safe. Mm -hmm. And people love it for like reaching all different parts. You know, it's yeah. great for external buzz. Um, but I thought it would be a great like pointer stick. It's a great idea. <laughs> Since we're playing a game, yeah. we can either pass it around or point at each other. I don't know. I didn't think this through. I so just don't use this... it on you right My now, My mother Vicky. got us all these one year for Christmas thinking <laughs> they were real back massagers. Yeah. And so we, <clears throat> uh, my brother and I were going around like, it was Ghostbusters movie was out. We were like, who are you going to call? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it was like vibrator busters. And we put it under the tree and we called the tree vaginal chaos. It was so hilarious. She had no idea. <laughs> that no is idea. so precious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you can find us at the Pleasure Chest, my favorite toy right. shop, yes. thepleasurechest.com. Um, but so there's this wonderful game. It's actually my favorite game, but I've also never played it, <laughs> just to be totally transparent. But when we were getting together, I just knew that this had to be what we did today. It's called Where Should We Begin? A Game of Stories by Esther Perel, who is this incredible sex therapist. She's so, so wise. And this game she created during the pandemic so that people could have these like really rich conversations. Mm -hmm. And not all of the questions involve sex, but of course I just like picked a bunch of sex ones. Good. And Love then I it. just grabbed three for each of us. So, so I thought fun. we could take turns. Who would like to go first? Who would like to take the wand? Well, it's been handed to me. This thing is heavy. Uh, it is. You've got to be like strong to get yourself off here. Yeah. <laughs> my God. Yeah. They don't very... tell you this is a 20 pound weight. <laughs> oh my gosh. My trainer Take would it love to the this. Gym. Try to you cry. Try to you cry. Um, I, I will start. So am I supposed to just yeah, read so ask one? Ask a question and okay. ask it of each of us and then you'll answer as well. Okay. All right. I will start with you, August. Okay. August, the worst kiss I've ever had. Oh, the worst kiss I've ever had. I think it was, well, my first and second kiss both tie as the worst. The first one, I was in a play in high school, Guys and Dolls. Of course you were. And, <laughs> and I, there was a kissing Hello. scene. Hello. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. You'd be amazing in that play. But I had a kissing scene 
I can't remember my own name, but I remember I had to kiss a guy named Sky. What's the woman's name? I can't remember it. I was like a missionary named Sarah. I think I was Sarah, Sergeant Sarah. And I had to kiss this guy named Sky. And everyone was like, oh, so have you kissed before? Because I'd never really dated. And I was like, oh, totally. And I had only kissed my own knee. Like mm-hmm. I'd practiced with like mm-hmm. a magazine, like trying to kiss. And so we didn't actually kiss until... I think it was dress rehearsal. Yeah. And I didn't realize, and nobody told me, that Open when you mouth. kiss on stage, you don't actually like kiss. totally put your tongue all the way in. Oh. <laughs> but I just geared up all of my courage and I <laughs> dove at this guy and oh. I just put my whole face like down his throat. Like I just oh, went so for funny. it. And nobody ever said, he, I mean, he had a little reaction. Like I felt him going like, whoa. <laughs> but that was my first one. And then my first romantic kiss was not very romantic. My first boyfriend, I just stood there with like this really, (laughs) this really stiff mouth and my mouth slightly open and just froze. I didn't know what to do. Maybe I was scared because I'd put my whole face in someone else's mouth. I don't, Mm. I don't know what happened, but we joked about it later because he was like, yeah, it was terrible. Like I just stood there like, yeah, bad. How old were you when you were in the musical and you had to kiss? Because that's like, that's major. Like if you are young and you have to kiss somebody on stage, that's, I mean, all I was, was like the Wicked Witch of the West and the Wizard of Oz in school. And no I kissing was, I always there. played like yeah. the old funny lady who came out. So I never had to, but I would have been so scared. Yeah. That makes me feel they changed. Validated. They changed the musical to Guys and Tongues. <laughs> <laughs> I did by accident. Um, I think I was 16. That's nerve wracking. Yeah. It was scary. It was pretty scary. Vicky? I have one that's so disgusting. Do you want to hear disgusting or do you want to hear not disgusting or just embarrassing? I could give you extremely embarrassing involving my daughter's volleyball coach's husband or um, really disgusting. Which do you want? Oh, my God. Um, I don't know. Just choose one. I can't. I'm going to go volleyball coach okay. because that's I think I didn't I meet the volleyball coach. So Lily was given a wonderful scholarship to play volleyball with this wonderful woman's team. And her husband was, he's currently a a hot policeman. And um, I went to his probably retirement party and just, I went to give him a a quick peck. And for some reason, my mouth and tongue (laughs) went in his mouth. The uniform will do it to you every time, won't it? I don't know. It? You guys, I did not mean to do it. I mean, it was like, oh. and then and then they stopped kind of talking to me after that forever. <laughs> what did he do immediately? Was did he, he kind of backed off and uh, <laughs> and I, 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 I my face went like, what did I just do? And, and it was horrible. And I'm still not over it. Don't you hate it oh. when you tongue your daughter's volleyball coach's <laughs> husband? <laughs> Who works for the force? Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, that was a bad move. Oh my god! There's mean something to very do it. weird. I mean, kissing can be just very weird. Oh and god, I, I grew up in Minnesota, where, you know, there's like a privacy bubble of about three feet. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And so I lived in Paris for a short time. Oh, wow. And I also lived in New York for a short time in the mm-hmm. fashion business. And both times, I was so scared of the kiss kiss on the cheeks. Yes. Because I was always scared I would do that. Yeah. What yeah. if I accidentally insert my tongue? Or what if I like yeah. bonk my nose into your nose? Or yeah. it's right. very awkward. Yeah. Oh, a million things could go wrong, it turns out. Yeah. I mean, you hope there's a, a nice tutorial for people to show you, but it's really just you talking with your friends and like, well, how do you do? And you don't know until you're until you're actually in it. Yeah. What's your story? Um, mine's gonna say my first kiss and was with a what was I? Was I a senior? I was maybe 16, 17, my first kiss. And my friend Tammy, who we call Slammy, for you know reasons to uh, figure out, Slammy had a boyfriend, and his best friend was a guy I was dating, and um, you know, he was a very sweet guy, wasn't the brightest bulb, and I remember we were watching movies at her boyfriend's house, and they were on the floor, and they were making out and he and I were on the bed and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Even though I knew about sex, I was curious about it. I still was so scared to kiss a guy. I was so scared, so scared. Like I dated this guy in Jewish youth group and I loved this guy. And I was so happy when he asked me to go with him. And then when I thought I was going to have to kiss him, I broke up like two days later because I was so scared. That's 
how scared I was to kiss a guy. So here was coming this moment and I saw him kind of lean in and he just, he like sucked my whole head. Like he he just like, it's like he engulfed my whole face. It's like he watched my play. Yeah. And he stuck his tongue like way, way down my throat. And then he, you know, went on to to second base. He didn't really know what he was doing. He looked cute, but so it was a little bit of uncomfortable experience. And especially like, why was I doing that in a room with a friend for the first time? Because usually I'm a little more private than that, especially when it comes to sex. So it was public and it was uncomfortable. I wish they gave us those like dummy heads and you'd have in high school or middle school a class where they just teach you the basics because I wonder if everyone is a little terrified at first. I think, I mean, if they have, you know, fake vaginas, why can't someone develop something about kissing? But maybe they just think that that's always going to come naturally and that it's not that important. I think they do actually. I think they do have... They do have something that teaches you how to kiss? I think they do, like like a prosthetic face that kisses. I'm trying to remember where I saw this. A prosthetic face. I do think that there is a thing. But we need to introduce it to the children, which would take a lot because that's yeah. what we were talking about. Yeah. I guess I, I guess I won't that. be going to Shark Tank with that. Hello, <laughs> sharks. Moms and dads. <laughs> Do you remember that first horrible kiss where the guy swallowed your face? <laughs> We'd like to teach your kids really hot kissing. Uh, I want to see you on Shark Tank. It's called the Kissitator. You're going to love it. <laughs> pass the wand now, please. I'm going to pass the wand to my BFF, you know it's National Best Friends Day. It, it sure is? is. Yes, yes, it is. And here you are holding we a dildo together. Vicky, take the hand weight. Isn't it heavy? Vicky, she's putting it on. Sorry. I don't think it's charged. Oh, it's not charged. Okay, I'm going to ask a question then. My sex life was never the same after, and I'm going to mix it up, go to Shanika with this one. Uh, my sex life was never the same after I started dating only Latin men. I just decided, I was like, I like anything that's Hispanic, Spanish, Latin. Let's go South. Let's go to Spain. Let's do some Portugal. There's just something more passionate. I've never been the same after I made that decision. Wow. Do you think that Brazilian culture, they really encourage passion? Is that why? Do you think? I think like as, as soon as you, even if you just go... You start with Mexico, you go Central America, South America, but in Brazil, because specifically because I am married to a Brazilian now. Of course you, you When you go to Brazil <laughs> and you you see the people, there's just such a zest for life there. And it's almost contagious of how happy and passionate and they love life. And so you see people making out fucking everywhere. You're like, hey, we're at the DMV, like bring it down. But they're all, everyone's touching each other. They're touching, even like... My, my husband's brothers and sisters, I see everybody touching each other. His friends are always their hands on their, their wife or the girlfriend. And they're all just, you feel it. And you're like, Hey, I want, I want to get like that. I want, it's very sexy. And they're not afraid to show their bodies and do. And so it's just like exude sex over there. And it brings that out in you then, right? It sure does. Oh my goodness. Uh, who do you like to go next? Oh, thank you so much. I'd like yeah. to ask August the same question, which was to remind you, my sex life was never the same after. Mine would be after I started masturbating at age 30. It was very life-changing. You waited till 30? I didn't even know I was waiting. I just thought I didn't need to. Some of this was from a very entitled standpoint. I thought if I just had someone to have sex with, why would I need to masturbate? Mm-hmm. I didn't even connect that oh, sexuality is like yours first. I even wrote a college paper about why I didn't need to masturbate. Oh, yeah. wow. For what, cl- yeah. was that for geometry or? <laughs> that would have been a much more fun <laughs> geometry class. I wish, I wish, I wish. Um, yeah, it totally changed everything. It's actually a huge reason that I started Girl Boner. I mean, it had other epiphanies and there were other things that were really motivating me to, to go into sexuality. But once I really could, own my own pleasure. Mm-hmm. I, w- I literally felt like people need to know about this, even though everybody knows about this. But it just, uh, it was completely life-changing and it changed my partner sex, you know, because when you can have your own pleasure, mm-hmm. I had what I call a pseudo marriage very early on because it was so ingrained in me. Like if you have sex, you get married. That's just what you do. Yeah. And so I married someone I should have just masturbated. Mm-hmm. 
So changed everything. And sex is better ever since in every way. That's interesting. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's truly. Vicky, what about you? Oh, it had to be when I started using vibrators because very rarely could have a vaginal orgasm. In fact, it was always from on top and it really wasn't a vaginal orgasm. And so I, was, I but I didn't understand till I mean, I read something once that, oh, like 30% of women don't. Anyway, so that, that changed everything for me, um, for sure. What made you choose to try a vibrator? Oh, I was staying at my sister-in-law's house in marriage number two. That's how late <laughs> in my life it was. And uh, she had one and it's disgusting that I used. Oh my you used God. Well, are you telling the story shit. right now? I'm sure it was shit. Clean. You used your shit. You I realize what I'm sis- saying right now. <laughs> She's gonna know I used her. You used and, someone and I, else's vibrator, Vicky. Yes, and I didn't. Oh my even God. Clean it first, see, and see I didn't what, clean see, it when see, I left. See this, August. See what I'm, I'm up so against here. I'm uh, so embarrassed, and I have. You're very, embarrassed that she's gonna hear, and, and or that you just said this, and I'm gonna all of it. Well, maybe she'll hear that this changed your life. Thank you so much. Something that rhymes with Lisa. <laughs> um, shoot. Oh, well. There you go. Well, thanks a lot, Lise. And uh, oh my God. I owe you a new vibrator. Let me take this Lamont. Yeah, yeah watch out. <laughs> Vicky might use it. August right doesn't along. want me to hold it any closer. She's like, moving right along. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Where do we go from God, there? No. Oh, God, no. I, look, I'm talking into it as though I need to. That's hilarious. But I like it, so. It's really funny. Okay. We so, should do a my. That'd be really funny on like Trailer Park Broads to just a oh, cover of my comedy like one of show these. tonight. You just yeah. come out with the yeah with the cord. Oh yes, my god! Yes, and then it starts vibrating. No, but I mean, like literally, this design one. a microphone. So yes. funny. Yeah. Damn. That it. also vibrates. So well, it could be a two in one. <laughs> a microphone vibrator. It, why not? <laughs> well, I love it. Hello, sharks. Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we can't scale it. There's not enough comedians. The microvibe is wonderful for Tinny, doing stand-up you, comedy my, and getting yourself when, off. When Lou built next to my trailer to live in, and he moved into it like a patio room, and he moved in it with a grand piano and a bed. Lou's her husband. Yeah, and he is a musician. So he, he had a microphone back there, and little Timmy was five years old, my grandson, and he would come down there, and he would grab the microphone off the stand and go around that trailer singing. And then one day, he came in the trailer with my vibrator that <gasps> was laying on the bed, thinking it was the same oh. object because it looked so much like the microphone. He's walking the around the trailer, and the whole family's <laughs> there for dinner, and he's, hello. And I was just hysterical. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet, though. That's cute. like so innocent yeah. and just so never good. a quiet day in Vicky's trailer. I I believe that. Oh my gosh! So this this question, I think that you two should answer because I've told so many of these myself already, and my whole show is about sex stories. But the question is, my favorite sex story to tell. Dot dot dot. <sighs> Sean. Well, Vicky has actually heard this one. God bless that you're going to have to hear this again. Favorite sex story was uh, I was working, performing on an all gay male cruise, about 5,000 gay men on this cruise. And then there's the crew that works for the cruise line. Now, what happens when you go on a cruise, you are not supposed to get together with anybody who works for the actual cruise line because that is uh, cause for termination for those employees. So they've been advised, like you can't mix with the guests like that. You can say hello and talk to them, but you can't have relations with them. So when I'm on these boats and when at the time I was single, of course the gay guys are cute, but none of them want to be with me. And so I'm, you have nothing but to look at the, the crew and some of the crew is they're hot. And of course there was a guy, I had just finished doing my first show that week and it was the beginning of the week. And after my show, I see this guy with a name tag on for the cruise line. And he was like six, two dark, handsome. And I see him kind of start to walk towards me. And my uh, friend that I had brought with me to go on the cruise noticed. And we see this guy kind of, and I'm like, oh my God, oh my gosh, this guy's going to approach me. And then I got cock blocked by like a group of gay guys are like, Hey, Sean, oh, what's going on, Sean? What's it? And so the guy kind of turned and went the other way. 
And I didn't get to see his name tag. I didn't know where he worked on the cruise. And that whole week, I was searching the cruise for this guy. I was calling people who worked at the gym. I called the people who worked in the, in the stage. I called people who worked at the spa. I'm like, does anybody know? And I described who this guy was. I'd look at bar. I'd go around the ship looking at bartenders. I knew the guy was straight. And nobody knew who this guy was. And then the night before the cruise is ending, it's the white party and you have to wear a costume. And I was dressed as Princess Leia, of course. And as I'm standing by the DJ booth, boom, I see this guy. And I'm like, that's the guy. That's the guy. And my friend turns to me and goes, oh, that's the guy? That guy's the glass blower. And I'm like, the glass blower? Well, that's what I missed. Of course, I didn't go to the glass blowing show. So how would I know this guy's the glass blower? So he approaches me because I'm dressed as Princess Leia, which he liked. And he starts talking to me. And the minute we start having conversation, the gay guys appear because they like him. They think, oh, hi there. You're cute. And I'm like, back off. So he turns to me and he says, listen, I, I am down. My room is down there with the crew on like level whatever in the basement, wherever they have want to meet me in like, you know, five minutes. And I'm like, wait, you're willing to do this. I'm a really nervous person. I'm not good at secrets. I'm not, I'm a very obvious person. I don't want to get, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to get caught by the, the, the boat police, the boat popo. And it's, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm a guest on that boat, but something, you know, I don't want him to, to get terminated, but I'm like, Hmm, is this worth the risk? And I said, okay, give me your room number. Tell me, it's like, okay, you're going to go downstairs. And he gives me all these directions, but the music's loud. I don't think I'm really paying attention. And I'm in my head going, how am I going to make this happen? Also, I'm, I know I'm in my head because I'm dressed as princess Leia. I have a wig cap on. I, there's so many elements that I'm like, wait, my hair's not going to look good. If I take the wig cap off and then thinking I've got to get back to my stateroom to a take the wig cap off underneath the wig because I don't want to look like uh he's fucking madam the puppet and then I'm also thinking like I've got to grab a condom I've got to come prepared because that's the way I roll so you know cross your fingers let's go so I said you know what can I go to my room and I'll meet you there and he's like great so I go grab my stuff and then he says oh but make sure you keep the costume on so took the wig cap off, kept the, the Princess Leia <laughs> hair, went downstairs, got lost, couldn't find my way, knocked on the wrong door. There's cameras everywhere. Finally, I find my way to his door. We get to his stateroom, which is such a small, they're like four by two. And he's a big guy and he had a tiny little twin bed. It was like Gulliver's Travel. <laughs> and we got it on and literally in the middle of me giving him oral sex i started laughing and he's like why are you laughing and i'm like because i'm blowing the glass blower <laughs> it's there's nothing better than this and then when i was leaving the next morning doing my little walk of shame still in my princess leia outfit i was walking through the hallways where the crew stays and i stopped and i looked at a camera that was staring down at me like security camera. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself. And I'm, I looked at it and I said, help me, Obi-Wan. You're my only hope. Uh. And that was, that was my, my favorite sex story. That is so precious. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. Like blowing the glass blower. As Princess Leia. So, you know, that's, that's like a merchandise that you should be selling. <laughs> I blew the glass blower. That was beautiful role playing too. Yeah. It sounds like he was really into the Princess Leia. I think most men are. So Maybe yeah. When he said, keep your costume on, I was like, hmm, guess he doesn't like me for me. <laughs> no problem. So funny. What about you, Vicky? Uh, I've only told it a couple times, but, um, so I worked with my parents. We had a carpet store for 20 years. We opened it when I was 19 and I, uh, there was this mill rep named Bob and, uh, he sold carpet to us, you know, I, you know, blow him and have sex with him and stuff. You know, we get some discounts and we eventually started really dating and we had this pad room and the pads like two feet around and six feet across big foam rolls of pad wrapped in plastic. And, and the, the pad room was like pretty small, like a small bedroom, but it was filled with these pad rolls. And, the, and I always thought what fun it would be to have sex in the pad room because you could really get some interesting mm -hmm. positions, you know, like you could be like Cirque du Soleil type movement. Yeah. So we closed the shop one night. We were sitting there. We were having a drink. There's a liquor store, of course, next to our carpet store. And we we're having some <laughs> drinks. And I said, do you want to go in the pad room? I've always wanted to do it. 
And so we don't, but we don't lock the door. We don't shut the door. It stays open. And we go into the powder and we start doing it. And it was really fun. Just like I dreamed it would be. I was like on top of how I had to be. And I was like really into it. And then I started sliding down. And then I, just as I was sliding kind of out towards, the, and there's no door on the pad door. It's a wide open area. But it's in the back and I didn't, and it was dark and I didn't think anyone was going to come in. Sure enough, some stupid ass customer walks in <laughs> just as I'm sliding down the rolls. No, no, no pants, just a shirt on. Bob rolled the other way and the guy just was like, like, I'm not seeing this. I'm not seeing this. Uh, and I'm like, we're closed. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, but I got some apartments and I put on my pants and sold the job. But yes. it was, uh, some people really love that. The possibility of someone might walk in. Was yeah. that part of the excitement? You know what? It might've been because years later, as I've told Shanika, one of my other husbands and I were having sex in Irvine near the freeway. We got off the freeway and we had a very small truck. And we yeah, were, where you don't have sex. Very, no one should ever have sex uh, in it, Irvine. Yes. It's exactly, Irvine. Vicky. Exactly. And I don't know what was going on. And he's a real big guy and it was a tiny Tacoma truck and we're kind of wedged together. And I look over and there's this poor bastard uh, mailman trying to eat his lunch. And so maybe that's, maybe that has been like, a, even with Lou, I'm like, I'd like to give you a blowjob at a truck stop once. I go, here, just hold the paper like you're reading it. And he's like, I can't. I can't concentrate. It's, it's too public. So maybe I do have that in me. Yeah, maybe you do. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a common one. But yeah. it is an interesting combination if you're with someone who's like really into the stealthy private, you know, the secret sex that nobody can find. Yeah. Right. yeah. How about you, August? Yes. Well, like I said, I've shared so Told many stories. Story. Yeah, one that I have told multiple times I think on the show is I got to orgasm in an MRI machine. I got to play with myself in an MRI Wh machine. What? Yes. And oh, so that's one of how my could you even concentrate? Wow. You are, I mean, you, you should go on America's Got Talent. <laughs> Don't you think so? so uh, yes. Uh, what are you about to do for us, August? Um, I'm going to masturbate off, in an, an MRI. MRI machine. No way. Yes, I can. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I absolutely would sign up for that. That is I cool. Would. I would. Although it is much more challenging than I realized it was going to be. Were you dared to do that? No, this was not <laughs> like I had a medical appointment and then just masturbated. It was, I was part of a study at Rutgers University. And so beforehand, they have you fill out all this paperwork and there's all this fine print. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, yada, yada, yada. I'm just going to like play with myself and you're going to measure my brain. And I'm super into the brain. And I I get off a little bit on like knowing what's going on in bodies. Like that kind of turns me right. on. So I was like, this is going to be great. But I didn't realize that. Have you had an MRI before? Yes. There are lots of no I, fun. I yeah. haven't, but I've seen them on TV. That's one of the most uh, least sexual places I can think of. <laughs> well, it's nothing like Masters and Johnson. So if you ever saw Masters of yeah, Sex, yes, the yeah. show, they had electrodes and right. they could move freely yes. like that's what i was picturing i could move no you can't move no. in an mri machine but you were supposed to have an orgasm and they were measuring your brain for that yeah. i was supposed study. to masturbate it wasn't just an okay. idea that she had as they were like Understood. searching her brain for right. like okay an gotcha yeah, it was you. consensual. Hilarious. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like, I think I have a tumor <clears throat> and wait, she's masturbating. Yeah, right. I get it. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. But I had to have one of those like plastic masks to keep my head perfectly still. It was like a Hannibal Lecter looking yeah, that's not kind easy. of thing. Mm -mm. Oh, it was it was really challenging. But you made it happen. I didn't think I was going to, Ooh, to be honest. That's pretty impressive. I but <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. I'd, I'd, I'd hit the golden and buzzer the winner for you. Is August. She's getting our golden buzzers. Yes. Thank you. No one's ever That's applauded for that. We applaud they that. I've been waiting it's and hard. waiting for years. Damn, I still hard. have my mask. I should have brought hard. it That's hard. Yeah. It was, it was challenging. I had to do a monologue in an MRI for a movie. You did? And that was my first time at getting an MRI. And that was, that was terrifying. Were you claustrophobic? Uh, I wasn't claustrophobic, but after some time you start to feel that way. Like I didn't go in it claustrophobic, but after time I was like, okay, now we're doing like a fourth take. Now, now I want to get out of here. Was it running? Could you yes. hear? Cause it sounds like yes. when I got there, they were giving me the rundown mm -hmm. and they were like, the sounds are a little bit like bullets. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be very yes. sexy. I didn't know if I was claustrophobic. They said, it's possible that you'll get in there and panic that happens sometimes so hit this button and you'll shoot back out yeah 
And that scared me. I'm like, oh no, what if? But really I was concerned about, I really wanted to have this experience because I had so much passion. I mean, I still do for a solo play and masturbation, but this was like a couple of, maybe a few years after my first time masturbating when I was like, everyone needs to know. So I went in there with all this, like, I'm going to write about this. And then I thought it was just going to be this horrible buzzkill of like, I went in there and ruined everything. But they told me it's okay if you don't come. Because that's helpful for our study too. And I was like, okay. So I relaxed and that was a key. You know, uh, when you when you relax and you don't stress about it. Totally. And it also taught me that because I'm more of an internal pleasure person. And so the external buzzing and stuff like that and just playing on the outside doesn't really do it for me. Um, or at least I didn't think it ever did. And that's how I came. So I learned a new way that my body experiences pleasure that I had written off because in the past I was like, oh, this feels good, but it's quote unquote small. I want the G spot. I wanted like the internal everything pleasure. Yeah. It was, it was fascinating. Impressive. Yeah. Super cool. I don't, I don't have a story to top that. <laughs> there's, there's no way you could possibly yeah, top I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, I thought blowing no. the glass blower, no. but hell. <laughs> no. No, I came on top of an elevator once when it was snapping. No, there's no way to top Did that. You? No, God, no. No. No, I'm just saying you're on a dropping elevator and you managed to come. <laughs> that would be the only way you could top coming as an MRI. Being pushed in my out opinion. of a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I feel another TV show coming up. Yeah. Okay, so who's next with the Le Wand? Oh. All right. Well, I will go. This is our last round, I believe. So how about, I like this one. Mm. I turn myself off by what? Oh, my God. <laughs> you turn yourself off by what? Oh, I just think of one of my ex-husbands coming <laughs> Coming out of the bathroom after he peed and and standing next to the side of the bed and slapping his dick at me like he's slapping the last of the pee off and then standing there waiting for a blowjob. If I think of that image, (laughs) I never want to have sex again, ever. It makes me so unhorny. It takes me a while to get it out of my mind. I have to think of Gene Hackman for 10 minutes to get horny again. Did you tell him that this bothered you? Oh, yes. Yes, I think it's when I said I wanted a divorce. I said, because, you know, <laughs> six years ago. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was awful. Oh, my gosh. I could feel you were getting turned off just thinking just about thinking it. Just thinking about it. Yeah. Like yeah. I was smelling it. Oh, yeah, you got it. You're just you like, nailed it. Oh. Exactly. I can go right there in a minute. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How about you, August? No. You know what really turns me off is just the news. If I watch the news or scroll the news or Mm -hmm. even scrolling through Twitter and seeing a bunch of like trolley stuff or scary things, because there's so much scariness in the world right now. And when you see that, Mm -hmm. it turns me off in every way in my life. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard for me to sleep, all that stuff. So I want to be aware without going down that Mm -hmm. rabbit hole. Because I really think that when we're in touch with our you know, when we're living fulfilling lives, we're much more easily turned on in general, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I've had to put boundaries around around all that stuff because it sucks me in. I don't think that humans are supposed to take in so much scary, awful news yeah. 24-7. I don't totally think we're built for not. that even before the pandemic. But then, you know, there's just so much atrocity mm. in the world too. But we will see all of the horrible things that all of our friends or their friends' friends or their friends' friends' friends went through. And it all comes to the top because the negativity stuff everyone Mm. interacts with, right? Yeah. And so I think if you're a sensitive person or if you're like a pretty empathetic person, it's really important to to have some boundaries. Yeah. Delete the Facebook app. Yeah. Yeah. See, I just buzz killed all of us. No, you didn't. You're right, though. Although I remember during the beginning of the pandemic... I was pretty sure I was going to die in the next few days. I would look out my trailer window and I'm way up on the hill now because I have the best trailer in the park. And I look at all the other trailers beneath me and all the people that I'm I'm like, oh my God, we're probably all going to die. I need to fuck right away. <laughs> and I was so horny in the very beginning of the pandemic because I'm like, I just like, I like I have to what reproduce. I'm 63. I don't think I'm going to reproduce, but I just was horny as hell. That's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. People get into that like, 
you know, in refugee camps and stuff like that. It's a survival technique just in your own chemistry. Yeah. But it's also, if you have precious time left, how do you want to spend it? I mean, I I saw both things happen. A lot of people feeling much less interested in sex. Right. And then other folks feeling much more interested. Absolutely. Mm, You're right. And it's all normal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. What turns you off, Sean? Well, um, a good World War II movie will probably bring me out of it. Or uh, I find distractions sometimes because I, I'm so neurotic about things. And I, if when I'm focused on the moment, I don't like anything going on around me. I haven't really, I've only told Vicky this, but recently I yeah. was having sex with my husband and I had previously ordered like an hour before from Instacart and I didn't know I had the, the notifications on my phone on on kind of a, a higher sound. Usually I just have like a vibrator, but somehow I guess I had, in case I had was taking a shower or something, I had the notifications on. So you know, we just kind of at this spontaneous moment started getting it on and I started to hear the dinging. And so I started to, I pulled away to check because if the guy's out of, you know, the cream cheese I like, it's a problem. <laughs> and my husband was like, what are you doing? And I was like, it's Instacart. He's, he's, he's substituting a cream cheese. And he's like, what are cream cheese? I'm trying to have sex with you. And I was like, well, let me just like answer him so that that did take me out of the moment no, it was hard no for me substitution yeah my husband just hit no substitution lost his erection it was a whole thing oh, so that is funny. so real i, I think that, that happens to a lot of people probably even just your own mind going to all these other places yeah. don't you think yeah you definitely. have to bring yourself back because you know i think especially women our minds are always on, on a million things and you're like all of a sudden you're like you're you're doing something else and then you look up and there's a guy with a penis inside of you <laughs> And you're like, oh, what are you doing here? I was, I was just thinking about this script or something. I'm always surprised to be in the middle of sex. What's going on? That is some danger. And then I have to, you know. You have a really strong imagination, don't you? It's terrible. Is it also? Do you use it to fantasize? Like, does that? Oh, oh yeah. definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. I haven't been with my real husband in years. <laughs> yes, I have. You two are so amazing. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So I believe you have another question for us. I do. Thank you. Would you like Lawand? Yeah. I've just been holding it like it's my child. (laughs) I think that's a beautiful question. I'm going to give it to you first, August. The most sensual experience I've had without having sex. Without having sex. Yes. So sensual experience. What does that mean? Most sensual. Intercourse or does that mean what is... We want to... That's a good point because how do you define sex, Are we talking the Clintonian version or the old... (laughs) I think however you define sex, okay. it's not that. Okay. Something else that's sexual without having sex. Gotcha. So sensual, sexual, like right. using all your senses. Right. I, I see it as like tapping into your sexuality, but you're not having sex. Right. And the first thing that came to mind for me was, oh my gosh, I ate these Brussels sprouts. I was in a restaurant. Uh-huh. And they were like roasted so perfectly. You know, they're like crunchy outside and they have like balsamic. Yes. Mm. And I bit into one and I think I may have come. Like my from a Brussels sprout. Yes. It wasn't, it wasn't like (laughs) kids eat your vegetables. Is this is (laughs) definitely a PSA for that? (laughs) It was like, I mean, not not a traditional orgasm of like right, you know very right, obvious yes. and yelling and screaming it wasn't like that but it just felt like my whole body felt orgasmic yes and I had a friend I was at a writer's conference and this friend of mine she was snapping pictures at our table yeah and I got so lost in these Brussels sprouts she took several photos and I look like I'm having sex wow yeah. I was like glistening with a little bit of sweat and yeah. Where are these Brussels sprouts? I'll look it up. I, I need to find the place for you because maybe it is these particular aphrodisiac Brussels sprouts. That mm. sounds interesting. All right. I'm in for it. How about you? Me? Um, I would have to say mine's a little more sexual as far as almost in the act of sex. I remember going to meet this guy I met on J-Day in Vegas And we met up and we did have chemistry and I just decided for dinner that night, I was going to wear like a tight dress. And then I just didn't, 
I didn't wear underwear under that. And he knew that. So at the restaurant, at the table, it was like, that was exciting to him. I think we went to a show and I'm my hoo-hahs to the wind, but it kind of just was this buildup, like nothing happened, but it just knowing that that, 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 that was going to happen. The anticipation becomes sex almost, right? Yeah. That is so sexy. I felt that. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I'm wearing underwear now. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I forgot. I'm getting to, older. I need underwear. I forgot the right underwear for the bows the other night. I host a, a, uh, I host a show in Los Angeles. I'm not going to say the name. But I was hosting this show the other night, and I have to wear special underwear for the bows to match because I can't wear the Spanx with this other top. But I forgot my underwear in the motel room. So there I am doing the no bows with on? no underwear on. Yeah, Vicky's a, Vicky's a big advocate of no underwear. <laughs> but I anyway, know. yeah. Oh I shouldn't have. So this How was, about you, this Mickey? was not your sensual experience. I take it. No. What's your sensual experience? It was had to be with Marie the plumber. So I was in an improv group, and um, a plumber. There was there this guy go. named Marie the plumber in Marie. the improv group, and he was much younger than me. I think I was like forty, and he was probably like thirty, twenty. And he wasn't an old Jewish guy, by and the no, way. No, he right? wasn't. He, he might have been, but he had long blonde hair, like. So beautiful, beautiful blue eyes. He was so gorgeous. I was in such a terrible, I like, I, I had sex like hardly ever with my husband. I was with him like 15 years. Sex was not ever on the plate. That the guy that came up to me and, you know, with the, with the pee-pee penis, that guy. Never had sex with him and it was a horrible marriage. And, and I thought, I didn't care about sex. I'm like, I thought my mother was right. Sex is nothing. And there was something about Murray. He would just sit down next to me Murray. and he made me so hot. My skin burned. He'd just sit next to me and never touch me. Maybe he touched my face one time. Nothing. But it made me commit myself to, to know that one day I would get to have sex and that sex must be great. Aww. And I really, literally, because I before never, in all my relationships, it just never was very good. That one day in the pad room was probably the best time I ever had. But all the other, I wasn't with a lot of men. It was always no good. But there was something about the, the, this guy that just, he made me so hot and horny. I just knew one day I would get to have good sex. I believed in it. With a guy Thank named Murray. Murray. Murray the plumber. I feel like that needs to be written as like an erotica story. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. We never know what impact you're going Murray to I thank Murray every day. <laughs> I'm going to thank Murray every right. day as well. We thank you, Murray. Thank you, thank Murray. You, Murray. Shabbat shalom, Murray. By, by the way, Murray, I, I live at 225 Blue. <laughs> <laughs> you're happening to listen to this show. Oh, my gosh. All right. Are we up for one more? Sure. Sure. Why not? Okay. My most embarrassing sexual mishap. Ooh, I can answer that pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, the first time I had sex intercourse, and it was with uh, a guy I was dating from the private Catholic school, and it was right before prom. And I had arranged for us to have sex for the first time on my, on my, he had tried to pressure me at parties and whatnot. And I had decided to myself, I'm going to do this tonight. And it's going to be on my time. This is going to be my decision. And I had my friend's boyfriend rent a room for us at the Days Inn off the Northwest Expressway in Oklahoma, class act. And my boyfriend and I went out that night to Olive Garden and we had sex that night. But before we had sex, I told my friend Robin who was kind of sexually active and she worked at a tanning salon. And I said, Robin, I'm, I'm going to have sex tonight and I'm worried about getting pregnant, you know, and even if he has a condom, I'm just so worried. And she said, well, they gave us this thing at our tanning salon. It's called the sponge. And I said, the sponge? And she goes, yeah, just here. And she gave me the box. I looked at it. I went in her bathroom. I put it in. Didn't think much of it that night. He and I met up. We go to the Days Inn and have terrible sex. And the next morning, I'm I'm back at my house. Like, you know, he dropped me off maybe like three in the morning, whatever. And when I got back to my house, I go to retrieve the sponge. And the sponge is totally turned around. And I'm reading the directions and, and I can't get the sponge out. I'm basically fisting myself at this point. And I'm reading the directions saying, sometimes you may have to have it surgically removed. 
and I'm panicked because I'm a good kid. I'm a good student. And if I have to tell my parents, I've got a sexually, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've got a sponge lodged up my hoo-ha. They are going to lose their minds. Uh, and then I, I, I finally got it out. But How did you uh, get it out? I just kind of relaxed and I just kept trying because what happened was the little, you know, the band that you pull down, it just wasn't. I do not advise. I guess that's why these really aren't on the market anymore. I don't think it was a really good form of protection. So yeah. That and was, when you tense your muscles up, it's so much harder. It's like when you try to take out a tampon yes. and you're clenched. I was freaking out. I mean, it took me about an hour and a half to oh, get that out of me. So that was very embarrassing. And I, I was calling friends, waking people up. Like They're like, I don't even know what this is. So I wouldn't even know how to get this out because it was new on the market. I could just imagine feeling so embarrassed and uh, horrified because yeah. when you're that young and you don't know up from down yeah. and you're trying and to figure things like out. And then you start like slut shaming yourself yes. because you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to tell my parents. Right. It's over. Right. Oh my gosh. I did an episode on the different things that people get stuck in the vagina or mm -hmm. anus oh, because yeah. every year there's a report because it's a pretty a common thing because again, we don't learn anything. And so people go, oh, this looks like it might feel good or fit in there and Sometimes, you know, you can work around some things and make them into what they call pervertibles. Yeah. But you need to be careful. Oh, what about you, Vicky? What stands out? Well, my first husband, I loved him so much before we got married. I adored him. I worked so hard to get him to marry me. I just, I went for it. Like, I went for it. I was going to make it happen and I made it happen. And I, I made it happen fast. And so I was very, very inexperienced. Like my mother had literally, since I was a toddler, told me what a bad thing sex was. So I definitely was very frigid. And he used to take me to porn theaters thinking I would help me, but I just closed my eyes because like it was a horror movie. But anyway, so he kept telling me that I was going to give me this wonderful gift for our wedding. And I was so excited. What would it be? Jewelry of some sort, I'm pretty sure. I, I couldn't imagine anything but jewelry. It had to be. And he just kept telling me it was going to be wonderful. And we, we were at the beautiful hotel. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to give you your gift tonight. I go, okay. And so my uncle had given us his, he sold RVs and he'd had given us one of these RVs brand new to pick up in LA and drive up North. It would be our honeymoon drive. Next night we were on the coast in California near Santa Barbara and the wind is blowing and it's wind and rain and so romantic. And had some wine and food in the RV. And, and he said, would you like your gift now? And I said, yes. And I held my hands out and he goes, uh, it's, it's anal sex. And this is like 40 years ago. And I was so like, I only like real weirdos had anal sex. I didn't even know it was possible. I'm like, what? That's my gift? And he goes, yeah, bend over. No lube, nothing. No. no, that was like that. And he started to do it and I started screaming in pain. And then I, I felt so stupid and like I disappointed him. And I'm like, what kind of asshole would do this anyway? And then I, I went and sat in the front of the RV th for the rest of the night, just like crying and shaking. Oh. Oh. And the next morning he goes, I'm really sorry. And I go, it's okay. And I totally took it on me. Like it's my fault. I was the one who did the wrong. God. Vicky, yeah. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Sorry. Well, maybe it's kind of funny now. I know what Vicky's about to say. I could almost read her face. Like what is, what I don't have that same to? experience about anal sex. Vicky loves to tell people, like, yeah. and it's not true. Shonica, I For always, like a couple of times I've done it in my life, she's like, Shonika's an expert on anal sex. I she loves it. Like, advice. I walk around just having remember, anal sex I, with strangers. I still would like to get good at it. And then I would, say, be relaxed. and I would say, tell me. And you go, well, you have a couple glasses of wine. You get with a guy who's not too big. I go, I have never been with a big guy and I've never been sober. So there <laughs> must be more to it than that. There is. Do you need tips or are you okay now? I do need tips. I don't okay. think Vicky's into it. It's not her thing. Well, because well, there is something called anal training. I mean, the, yeah. the anus needs some practice and yeah. some preparation. Yeah. August has a wand here if you'd like to. <laughs> I think I also have PTSD still from that. Night. I would I would believe I, I can sounds, understand it why. It sounds like a yeah. really painful physically and emotionally. I mean. Happy and, wedding night. <laughs> yeah. That's just. Oh, it just Crazy. It breaks my heart. I mean, and it it's not uncommon for people to assume that somebody's going to be into something. And that's so dangerous, mm -hmm. especially after you learned all those things about sex isn't really for women. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to fall into, oh, well, I guess it's supposed to hurt. 
sex is not supposed to hurt unless it's your kink, you know, like you're into a certain kind right. of pain. Yeah. So, you know, and actually now I kind of think it's so many years have gone by. And I'm like, it's kind of to me in a way now it's kind of like funny. Here's your gift. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, is there a receipt? I really would have so yeah. wanted jewelry. I mean, it was just so, it was just, it was weird. Though. Yeah. Uh, and embarrassing. You're like not even a votive. <laughs> You just wonder what's going through someone's mind. Like, did he really think that he was giving? He did, though. A gift. It yeah, like this. yeah. I never met the first husband, only okay. the second. I'm pretty and I know sure the he third, thought it, but I think I, the first yeah. husband probably thought I mean, this was terrific. Yeah, yeah. And there's so much anal sex in like mainstream jail. porn now. <laughs> it's so jail. normal now. Yeah, it's it's normalized in a way that people totally. still assume that's that not even doing like it. that's not really even a kink anymore. And no. it's okay to not like it. I mean, it's it's great to love it. It's great to not love it. I think there's a lot more belief that everyone's doing it than actual people who are just or like this it. is my favorite thing all the time. You know what I, I mean? Agree. It's hard to say, but yeah. Well, I'm glad that you can laugh now. Yeah, for sure. That's a good thing. And yeah. that moment of just Here's my gift. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my hand. This doesn't it. sparkle. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we need to talk about your podcast. I am so into old letters and notebooks and diaries and stuff to the point that my mom teases me about I once bought a bag of other people's memories is what she says because I go into a thrift store and I look for stationery because inevitably there's letters. I'm fascinated by that, which is kind of the premise for voyeuristic your podcast of. yes when we first came up with al madrigal thought of it but the idea i literally went i put an ad in my trailer park newsletter please give me your diaries and some people gave me diaries and letters and and i went on podcasts and asked for diaries and letters and we got some and it was really fun i i get it so yeah basically the premise is that i i live in her trailer park and and that i had to uproot myself from beverly hills and Are i'm really going through some bad divorce and then I have to move into the trailer park because that's all that I could afford at the time and you know she's my only friend left and we uncover this 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 trunk full of diaries and each season we go through each diary and read a couple of pages and then discuss it and of course there's cocktails we always have a specialty cocktail ready to go that we've created and made and it's it's just it's been a lot of fun we've really enjoyed it and you know, it just gives if people want to listen to something to just not think about what's going on in this world. And there's a lot going on. It's kind of a fun getaway mm-hmm. and it's a little bit of storytelling. And so it's something we really enjoy. I love how you, you weave in your friendship and your own kind of banter yeah. with this unfolding mystery. And some of it's true diaries. and some of it isn't. So, yeah. which is, is fun because of course we get to improvise yeah. Sometimes a lot go. of her, her family thought she'd gotten a divorce. And so they were like, they didn't want to call her directly. So they were calling other cousins and back friends. channeling. When did Shanika really move? Like she would move into my trailer park. Like, yeah. Ne- Obviously, not my sister do not would know she me be yet. surrounded by paneling. Never. <laughs> exactly. So it's fictionalized, is what you're so saying. Yeah. Yes. That part. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's really fun. But everything we talk about between us is real stuff, yeah. you know. And when you found the suitcases, so within yeah. the story, yeah. I love that immediately it was like, what's in here? And your first guess was it. Was it you, Sean? You were like, I think it's sex toys. And then Vicky, I think you said something like, maybe my grandmother was a dominatrix or something. Yeah, Yeah. all that. Yeah. Would you ever make that podcast of like the dominatrix grandma? Dominatrix grandmother. (laughs) Actually, we could. The next season is so dirty. It's like Fifty Shades of Grey to the fifth power. And it's, it's really difficult to read through it. It's so, it's like, oh, I'm like, we have to stop and laugh and put it down. And Vicky and I are sexual people, yeah, obviously. We could talk about sex. But just when I hear Vicky read it, I start laughing like a school child. And I'm like, yeah, we're what? Like, we're like you're in it. Yeah, we're like kids in school. And then I have to say, please clear the car of children. Please make sure there's no children around because yeah. I'm just terrified that there's going to be like, because it's it just so crazy what it got. It's crazy. Yeah, it's lots of fun. I yeah. can't so, wait for that. 
it's a delightful podcast. Well, thank, oh, thank you. you. Where so can much. people find it? And all of your wonderfulness. You both do such incredible work outside well, the podcast. You can, you can find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I mean, of course, the big ones like Spotify, Apple. Like the company that has our podcast is called All Things Comedy. You know, wherever you can find them. Trailer and, Park Diaries. Yeah, yeah, Trailer Park Diaries, it's called. You know, Vicky and I both tour. You can always catch us at the World Famous Comedy Store. Yeah. Vicky, you want to tell about... Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hosting that. Now that everyone's going to know where I wasn't wearing my underwear the other night, the AGT live show uh, in Las Vegas <laughs> at the Luxor. <laughs> America's sweetheart, everybody. Where's no underwear? <laughs> oh boy. Would you leave us with one piece of advice around sex or pleasure? <sighs> Just have as much as you can of it because life is short. And as we've seen in the past couple of years, I think this world is just becoming void of pleasure <laughs> and it's uh, alarming. So if there is someone or an idea where you want to just get it on with yourself, well, get to it, get, get it done, have that moment. Mm. You know, I think that's so true. And there's been a lot of sociological studies, which I'm sure that people are having less sex and that's shocking, but it's just true. I think that people would prefer to sleep in general. So I agree. I mean, I went so many years without it. I love it so much now and I'm 64 years old and I've never been hornier. I actually don't know anyone hornier than Vicky Bogolak. <laughs> you, you're the winner. <laughs> no, I'm Vicky not. Vicky is the winner. But it just, I feel like, don't give up on it. Mm. You know, in any way, like with yourself or with others. But I just yeah. think it's worth... Even if you're in an MRI, if you're you in an MRI don't give up on it. You can do it. Especially rub one out. <laughs> Rub it yeah. out. August, everybody. America's got talent. That's Tell right. Simon Cowell about I'm gonna her I'm going to call now. my producer they today. Get him on the phone. I'm calling my producer this moment. Howie, you're never going to believe it. We've got a girl in an MRI. She's going to masturbate. And she's going to make it all happen. Beep, beep, beep. Golden buzzer. This is beep. it. I adore you both. Thank you so much for being here and for the very important light that you bring to the world. We love you, August. Thank you Thank for having you, us. Thank you, August. Learn more about Vicki Barbalak at vickybarbalakcomedy.com and about Sean Polofsky at hahachick.com. Big thanks to Mackenzie Mazel for engineering our session at The Period Studio. And if you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I would so appreciate it if you would post a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the iTunes Store. And please do tell your friends about it. You can also support the show while getting fun bonus content by joining my community at patreon.com slash girlboner. Thank you so much for listening.